no matter what time of year it is, you've got to make every second count. And that means looking your best. No more ratty jeans. No more oversized hoodies. It's time to upgrade your wardrobe. And you can do it painlessly in a futuristic way by letting Trunk Club handle all of the work for you. Trunk Club takes the hassle out of shopping by choosing the best clothes for you and your style. You'll look and feel amazing, and you will always have the perfect clothes for the season. You go to Trunk Club slash smart. You answer simple questions about your style, your preferences, your size, and then you're assigned an expert stylist who picks out clothes for you, puts them in a trunk, they ship them to your house, you open up the trunk, you put on the clothes, you look at yourself in the mirror, you decide what you want to keep, what you want to send back, and then you send it back and you only pay for the clothes you keep. No subscription service required. You can get started today at Trunk Club and get styled for free plus free shipping both ways. Only paying for the clothes that you keep by going to trunkclub.com slash smart. That's trunkclub.com slash smart for a trunk filled with clothes you will love wearing. Welcome to the You Are Not So Smart Podcast, episode 69. This is the third episode in a series of episodes, a season of episodes, all about logical fallacies. Oh, 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 logical fallacies, everyone. Yes, this episode explores the third logical fallacy in our series. If you've missed the other two episodes, you missed the fallacy fallacy and the straw man fallacy. And so we're sort of building on each of these ideas to a more complex idea, but it's not really necessary that you hear the other two episodes, but I do recommend that you do. Once again, we are joined by three experts in logic and thinking and cognition and culture, and their names are... My name is Mike Rignetta. Um, I'm the writer and host of a YouTube show called Idea Channel, which is produced by PBS Digital Studios. So my name is Jesse Richardson. I'm the founder of YourLogicalFallacyIs.com, a website that helps people to learn about fallacies and critical thinking generally. Uh, I'm Barbara Drescher. I'm a cognitive psychologist by trade. I taught um, at the university level, taught cognitive psychology, research methods, um, and statistics, things like that. And in this episode, we are all discussing another logical fallacy, another one of the fundamental logical fallacies called the black and white fallacy, sometimes called the false dichotomy. And you are very familiar with this already. In fact, some of you may remember this. Every nation in every region now has a decision to make. Either you are with us or you are with the terrorists. Either you're with us, either you love freedom and with nations which embrace freedom, 
or you're with the enemy. You're either with us or you're with the enemy. That's, that's clear. I will continue to make that clear. And he did continue to make that clear. That's George W. Bush, president of the United States after 9-11, telling the whole world that, well, things are black and white here. There is no nuance when it comes to this issue. And of course, he didn't invent this phrase. He didn't come up with this out of nowhere. Heads of state going all the way back to ancient times have used similar phrasing in times of peril. And all throughout our pop culture, you can see examples of writers remembering those types of phrases and putting them in the mouths of people both good and mostly bad. This is a scene from Magnum Force in the 1970s in which the bad guys are trying to get Dirty Harry to see things their way. Whether or not to use violence. There simply is no other way, Inspector. You of all people should understand that. Either you're for us or you're against us. And you may recall that Anakin Skywalker said something similar to Obi-Wan. Don't make me kill you. Anakin, my allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy! If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. And here's one more. Here's the big bad guy in X-Men First Class saying something just about the same. There's a revolution coming when mankind discovers who we are, what we can do. Each of us will face a choice. The enslaved will rise up to rule. Choose freely, but know that if you are not with us, then by definition you are against us. So, you can stay, fight for the people who hate and fear you, or you can join me and live like kings. So what's so wrong about this way of looking at the world? The idea of us versus them, the idea of black and white, the idea that either you're with us or you're against us. Well, that is what we are going to talk about in this episode of the You Are Not So Smart podcast. My name is David McCraney. I will be your host. And in this episode, we are exploring the black and white fallacy. More on what it is, how it works, examples of it, how to defend against it, and how to avoid committing it after this commercial break. I talk a lot about the great courses. You know, I love the great courses. It's a way for you to extend your education in every direction from people who are actually experts on the topics they talk about. And I'm very excited to tell you about this new thing. It's the Great Courses Plus, a video learning service that gives you unlimited access to a huge library of great courses, lecture series in so many fascinating subjects, science, history, cooking, astronomy, archaeology, 
I love The Great Courses Plus, and they're giving our listeners an incredible opportunity right now. Watch one of their popular courses, The Fundamentals of Photography, for nothing. Free, absolutely free. The Fundamentals of Photography is filmed in partnership with the National Geographic, and it's taught by professional photographer Joel Sartori. I've been watching it. It's amazing. You learn how to take stunning photographs like a professional. There are these secrets to taking photographs that you don't even think about. You, you, you take out your phone all the time. And you're going click, 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 and you think you know what you're doing when you post things to Instagram, but there are secrets that will make them better. Learn how to capture memories of what you see and experience the way a professional would do it and learn valuable tips on how to improve the composition of your photos, how to create photos of landscapes, of people, of special occasions. For a limited time, The Great Courses Plus is offering my listeners a chance to stream this course, The Fundamentals of Photography, a $235 value, and hundreds of other courses for free. Stream from any internet-connected TV, PC, or through The Great Courses Plus app. But this free offer is only available for a limited time, so you must hurry. To stream The Fundamentals of Photography from The Great Courses Plus for free, you must go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash smart. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash smart. And now we return to our program. This is the You Are Not So Smart podcast, and we are talking about the black and white fallacy. So, what is the black and white fallacy? Uh, black and white fallacy is where uh, it's also called the false dichotomy. It's where you're essentially given uh, two options that are that are portrayed as mutually exclusive. Um, my preferred name for this fallacy, actually, black and white fallacy is usually known as false dichotomy or false dilemma or false choice. Um, a dichotomy is uh, a little more specific because it, it it implies two. So it's essentially where two alternative states are presented as the only possibilities when in fact more possibilities exist. Um, so it's an insidious tactic that has the appearance of forming a logical argument, um, but under closer scrutiny it, it becomes evident that there's actually more possibilities than the, the either or choice that's being presented. And it, it doesn't have to be just two, um, but it, it's basically this fallacy, it's, it's an informal fallacy, it's a poor argument is what it is, that occurs when somebody implies that only the possibilities that they've presented in a statement exist, that there's no other way to look at things. And it's actually very, very common. And part of that is because we like to categorize and put things in boxes because it helps us control the world. So if we can think of the world in more simpler terms, then it's easier to deal with and it's easier to argue and it's easier to believe that you're right. So what are some real-world examples of, of this that people could uh, understand? So one of the most infamous examples is when George W. Bush said that you're either with us or you're with the terrorists. Mm -hmm. um, so this kind of rhetorical manipulation um, obviously serves to give people like political leaders more scope to do things like, you know, erode civil liberties or invade other countries without just cause. So it's, it's a particularly insidious tactic in that respect and a particularly effective one um, as well. Yeah, and people will use it against you so quickly they'll say you know i'm um maybe i don't think that we should be doing this one thing and, and they'll say oh so you're a whatever like the they mm -hmm. immediately identify you as being the uh polar opposite of the thing that you are talking about and placing you into some sort of group 
And then now you have to say, well, no, I'm not that. And then the whole argument becomes about that. And you lose, okay. you totally are off course now. Um, and it's, it's interesting as well, isn't it? I mean, like the, the, one of the things to note about fallacies is that they're kind of nested as well. So, I mean, you know, using a black and white fallacy as a, as a, in combination with a straw man, there's a section where you're, you're describing that, you know, you create this caricatured kind of straw man argument with a false dichotomy. And so there's, there's all these rhetorical interplays that can happen um, with, you know, like triple combo fallacy. <laughs> Force uh, multiply. Yeah. <laughs> totally. It's like, it's like you should get bonus points for that or something, or maybe bonus negative points. I don't know. <laughs> so things like um, uh, if this happens a lot, actually, in um, testimony. So you've got like two different testimonies of a single event that appear to contradict one another. And black and white thinking would assume that one of the witnesses is lying. And this happens a lot um, in recent recent years, you know, with all of the the um, stuff going on in campuses with sexual assault and so forth. And we make this assumption that because two people have different ideas about what happened, that one of them has to be lying. That's black and white thinking. Um, usually there are lots of other possibilities av available in the case, in the example that I gave. Witnesses may be defining terms differently. They may have different perspectives um, that lead them to different conclusions. Uh, sometimes just witnessing, you know, only parts of something can can completely change the way you see it and the things that you infer from it. Um, so it's it's really natural for human beings to think this way. It's natural for us to think only in terms of what's available to us that, you know, that um, if it's not this way, it must be this way. And I think that, you know, you, I see it a lot, um, at least on Facebook with, uh, the current refugee crisis with people being like, you know, it's essentially like our two options are, um, we're either going to open up the doors and ruin our country, or we're going to close the doors, not going to let anybody in and everything on this side of the door will be great. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, but really there's a, there are a lot of positions in between those two positions that are all kinds of compromise. Um, but what you do is you end up, you end up advertising your, um, your political stance. We were talking about driving the polls. You know, you're you're advertising what side of that argument you are on by saying like, well, listen, it's the other side is going to ruin everything. And on this side, you know, we're trying to keep things nice and good and safe. Uh, and so that's, you know, that's the, the flag in the sand that I have planted. Mm -hmm. And the, probably the worst example of this, uh, the worst way this is used in my, the, where I see that being the most damaging is when people say, if we have more of X, that means we will have less of Y. And I don't want less of Y, so we can't have any more of X. Right, right. And and you see that in just about every community that is in... When a community has been identified as having some issues, or maybe they are, mis, are underrepresenting something, the very notion that you should uh, work a little harder to uh, include things or to improve your stuff or expand it there's always going to be some pushback that says, oh, you're trying to make this, you're trying to get rid of the thing I like. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no more things well, I like. Yeah. And you see, yeah. And it's this, this, the construction of a dichotomy where one doesn't exist, where it's like, you're not, you're not actually trading, you know, you're not, you do not trade family values for gay marriage. That's not how that works. Right. You know, like, exactly. like your family values do not change when two people who love each other, who are the same sex are allowed to get married. Uh-huh probably the oldest example of this is the you're either with us or against us. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, actually, I mean, you like, 
you know, what what us are we talking about here? What position is it that is being argued? What are all of the ways that that though that there is a compromise between whatever the with and against is? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that you know you see that especially with the the current state of um, of uh, global politics and um, uh, um, identity politics. You see a lot of this false dichotomy, uh-huh. a lot of this black and white fallacy. Uh-huh. Lee Ross, the psychologist who. Um, uh, was sort of instrumental in, in discovering and, and quantifying a bunch of stuff that we talk about today. He said that if you if you think the world's black and I think the world's white, then will any notion of gray will 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 seem as if it is biased. And he said that the, one of the most bizarre things that he's seen that human beings do is the more objective and nuanced, um, the 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 more objective the a, a news source becomes, the more it is trying its best to present that there are a lot of ways to look at this and this is complicated. The more people on both sides will think that that news source is in the tank for their opponent. Other side. Oh yeah. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not surprised at all. So this is, this is so easy to commit and it's one of the, and it's almost, um, however it arrives, it's sort of, we have that, gut feeling that, ah, yeah, this is going to win the argument. How do you avoid being the person who creates this false dichotomy in an argument? Sure. So I think it actually, it surfaces this really common cognitive failing that we have, and it's the propensity for binary or Boolean thinking, that something's either true or false, right or wrong, good or bad. And of course, the more reasoned and rational approach is to consider the complexities, the caveats, the nuanced aspects of things. But the great pity in this age dominated by various forms of sensationalistic media is that the simple arguments are often seen to be the more compelling arguments. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually considering the complexity of the situation, um, which is often, I think, referred to as reality, is not, <laughs> as, um, is not quite as easy to sound by. It's not quite as compelling um, for ratings. It's not quite as um, simple um, to get across. And so I think that it really it requires um, an honesty and a kind of um, desire to want to understand things um, to be able to avoid this kind of binary thinking that it's either this or that. The grey aspects of life, the you know the complexities of the human condition, um, require some amount of work on our part to be able to um, try and understand them. You know, and it's it's obviously an ongoing process for everybody. Um, I don't know how easy it is to to catch ourselves doing it, but we can avoid it um, just by very generally constantly always trying to be flexible in our thinking. Um, And that's, you know, that's that humility again, humility and flexible thinking go hand in hand. You you have to be able to be, um, to believe that you could be wrong in order to be flexible. Um, And that flexibility is going to be very, very important in evaluating everything from an objective standpoint. And so I think those are the most important aspects of good reasoning in general. And that's going to keep you from, or it's going to at least reduce the amount of, of dichotomous thinking that you're, you're going to engage in. So uh, what is your advice on how to defend against this particular fallacy? Well, happily, this is one of the easiest fallacies to quash. Um, whenever someone presents an argument with only two possible options, Pretty much all you need to do is point out an accept, exception to that those two options to vanquish the precarious illusion of coherency that they've created. Um, it's I think it's effective, this fallacy, when it's someone erasing from a podium 
um, in any kind of context where they can be taken to task, um, it's it's a lot less common and a lot less effective because it's it's extremely easy to derail this thought. If say you know you you're either this or you're that, and you go, well, what about this? And then they go. <laughs> the best way to counter a black and white argument is to discuss the alternatives that are missing in it. That's the that's the best thing you can do. Not to to attack one or the other uh, of the the options that are given, but to discuss the the possible other things that are, are missing from it, the other explanations. If you would like to learn more about the guests in this episode or the stuff they make, you can find links to them and their stuff in the show notes for this episode at youarenotsosmart.com. Up next, an advertisement and then a cookie, and then the credits. Building a website can be tough, and even if you do know your way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever else, In this day and age, you probably need a website anyway. Well, lucky for us, Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful websites that look professionally designed regardless of skill level with no coding required. Not only does Squarespace provide you with intuitive and easy-to-use tools to create your website, Squarespace also has state-of-the-art technology powering that site to ensure security and stability. And you know you can trust in Squarespace for your website needs when millions of people and some of the most respected brands in the world trust in them too. My website is made with Squarespace. Some future websites, some ideas I have, I'm going to go to Squarespace for those because I want something that's easy to update. It works immediately whenever I need it to. And I have 24-7 support. People will help me time of the day. Doesn't matter. Time of the week, no matter at all. If right now, as I'm recording this, I could could stop right now. Click, 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 click. Help me. They would help me. So you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. You can't beat that 24-7 online support. You can't beat these beautiful websites. So what are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code SOSMART to get 10% off your first purchase. And it will show your support for this podcast. We thank Squarespace for their support of You Are Not So Smart. And here's the tagline. It's really cool. Here we go. Squarespace. You should. And now we return to our program. What starts with the letter C? Cookie starts with C. Let's think of other things that starts with C. 
Ah, who cares about other things? On each episode of the You Are Not So Smart podcast, I eat a cookie baked from a recipe sent in by a listener or a reader. Amanda looks at that recipe and goes, hmm, yes, that sounds good. She bakes them, then I eat them right here on the show. And if I do that for a recipe that you sent in, you will get a signed copy of the You Are Not So Smart book or the sequel, You Are Now Less Dumb. Depends on what my hand touches first when I reach over to grab a book to send to you. In this episode... We are eating a cookie sent in by Joshua Naylor. He sent this cookie recipe in two years ago, and I'm just getting to it now. I'm so sorry, Joshua. He writes, I listened to the Enclothed Cognition podcast, a really good one, yes, and he really enjoyed it. He is interested to watch the TV show that I mentioned that had some Deep South music in it. Yes, I used to make a TV show about Deep South music, and I have sent him the uh, the link to all of that. And he said that he loves these cookies he says he likes a fair bit of salt in his cookies, so he added extra, and he used something called Malden sea salt flakes. He was lucky enough to have pistachios around to make these things, and uh, he used pistachios from Iran, and he also used very, very dark chocolate. So these cookies are called Salty Triple Chocolate Pistachio Cookies, and they are really, really, really chocolatey. They are so dark. So chocolatey and with bits of pistachio stuff sticking out of them. Let's try one right now. First of all, before I bite into this, what a beautiful cookie. You know, some cookies just have that perfect cookiness to them where they have, they're perfectly round. They have that, their little fat in the center and they taper off to the sides. This is one of those cookies and it's got bits of pistachio just sort of sticking out in every direction. And there's a, a little dusting of sea salt on the top. Other than that, black darkness. It's really going to be great. Here we go. Mmm. Soft. Josh, Joshua Naylor. Mm. Now that is a really, really good cookie. It's so chocolatey, velvety, chocolatey, chocolate. It's, it's like rivers of chocolateness are converging into this torrent of pure cocoa overload. But in that, it seems like everything is lost in it. Like there are no other flavors that can exist except chocolate. But within that, there is this complication of saltiness. And then in pistachio, I don't know what to say about the pistachios, except that you know how there's like, there can be like music programs, editing programs that take out all the highs and all the lows or whatever. And, you know, when you compress music, it changes the way it sounds. You think that you can like remove the sounds that the human ear can't detect and it will make no difference. You can compress audio that way, right? But by doing so, some of those sounds you can't hear do affect in their interaction with the other sounds that you can hear the overall quality of the thing you're listening to. And 
Or it's like, you know, uh, just turning the camera just slightly askew, just a tiny, tiny bit. You don't notice it, but your brain notices it. That's what's happening with this cookie. There's so much stuff in this cookie that seems to be overwhelmed by the chocolatiness, but I can tell that it's like overall flavor. I'm having such a hard time talking to you because my mouth is watering like insanely. I can tell that it changes everything about the way the cookie tastes uh, because it's elevated in some way that I don't understand. Your cookie has confused me, Joshua. I am confused by its chocolatey insaneness and its pistachio saltiness. And it is, it is a very salty cookie. The saltiest cookie I've ever had, actually. But And I'm going to bite it one more time, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Here we go. Thank you, Joshua Naylor. Thank you so much. So good. We have so many of these, and I'm going to eat I'm going to eat more, the, more of these than I usually do. And a, a book is headed your way. That is it for this episode of the You Are Not So Smart podcast. If you're enjoying these podcasts, please consider supporting this show on Patreon. Patreon.com slash you are not so smart. Your patronage is helping make this show bigger and better. You may have noticed the sound quality has improved. I bought some. I bought a very expensive microphone, some expensive audio recording software, and uh, all the background music. All new stuff thanks to your patronage. So thank you, thank you so much for all the help. It's 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 so cool. For more great podcasts like this one, go to boingboing.net. For all the information about everything we talked about, go to youarenotsosmart.com. All the previous episodes are there, and they're at iTunes and SoundCloud and Stitcher. The opening music, that is Clash by Caravan Palace. And this is Banjo Banjopocalypse.